Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, it's been a fantastic week weather-wise. We got a lot to get to, so we'll jump right into it. But first, let's hop off to what kind of is a continuation of everything that has been 2020, where it's grandiose, it's extreme, it's early. Um, We're still, what, 14 days, 13 days away from the start of the official Atlantic tropical season, but Bonnie... We already have a tropical storm. Yes, Arthur is here. Big bad Arthur, who came out of nowhere, honestly, like literally came out of nowhere, just formed in the middle off the east coast of Florida, and then poof, here he is. Yeah, he uh, just happened to show up yesterday. We uh, yeah. we had talked about on the show last week that, you know, like, okay, you know, we were getting into that area where stuff could happen, and we've seen it happen before, where you get storms that do form before you know, June 1st, the official start of the Atlantic hurricane season. Mm-hmm. But we're like, eh, you know, maybe, maybe not. Well, sure enough, yeah. on Tuesday, they, you know, National Hurricane Center announces, hey, we have a possibility of a system forming and becoming a tropical storm. And everybody's like, this is so 2020. <laughs> right. This is right on par with how 2020 is going. Exactly. By the way, uh, not to digress, I had a dream last night that I killed a murder hornet. <laughs> I think you mean a Baskin bee. Oh, yes. Those are so scary. They are. And when you look at what people, like, I don't know if you follow the guy. There's a guy that goes around and he intentionally stings himself, like, with animals that we know cause a lot of pain. So he's done, like, spider bites and other bee stings. He stung himself intentionally with a murder hornet. Why? And that's just what he does. But Homeboy was like, yo, this thing is not kidding. He goes, it literally feels like somebody is, like, injecting me with, like, burning metal. Awesome. That does not sound like fun. Ugh. But, yes, it does sound like something Carol Baskin would unleash. (laughs) Well, I saw the scariest video of a praying mantis eat one head first. And it is the creepiest, scariest video, and I can't even handle the bug world. I I, I saw the video, too. If you have not seen it yet, I mean, everybody's like, well, let's just go out and buy more praying mantises. That's fine. But again, also like Carol Baskins, it kills its mate. How funny is that? <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. And the funny thing is, all the stuff we're talking about still ties into our podcast. Oh, it totally does. Tiger King happened here in Oklahoma. I'm in Oklahoma. Like it just all this whole conversation is still on par with our podcast. Yes. It's just so funny. Yes, David Payne brings it up every time he's live on News 9. It's true. It's true. Oh, but gotta love it. Yeah, so let's do, let's just rewind. 2020 has been a crazy year. And yes. now that we have Tropical Storm Arthur, again, on Tuesday we knew that the National Hurricane Center was going to call for an area of investigation. And lo and behold, a couple days later, boom, you know, an area of organized showers. They send out the Hurricane Hunters for their first official mission. And then yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening, they announced that, boom, we have a tropical storm. Please welcome Arthur. 
So he's out there churning away in the Atlantic. Um, the Outer Banks of North Carolina might get some side effects from Tropical Storm Arthur. Uh, it's not forecast to become a hurricane. It is peeling off to the northeast, and so it will move out to sea and do what it does out there over the open waters. But, uh, yeah, we're you know, 13, 14 days early, and, uh, Bonnie, I have a feeling, <laughs> and I hope I'm wrong, but I have a feeling it's going to be a very busy tropical season. I was just thinking that. I was like, if it's starting two weeks early, then that's just got to mean that it's going to be an active season, which is great. I just wish that tornado season was an active season around here, which it's not. Right. And we'll get into that in a minute. Now, again, we've had years where we've had an early start to the season and then Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing where it just kind of peters out. So, you know, again, we don't know. I know that uh, Noah and the WPC are going to issue their official hurricane outlook, the first one, here coming up next week or later this week. Um, if you're hearing this, we're taping the show on Sunday. So I believe it's either Tuesday or Wednesday they're doing their press conference, and we'll talk about that next week on the show. But we, uh, we're off and running, and again, the memes for Arthur have been great. Um, we posted the Christopher <laughs> Cross song, uh, Arthur's Scene from the movie Arthur. Uh, back in the 80s, which is a, a great cult classic if you have not seen it. Um, and, you know, the famous line in that song is, if you're caught between the moon and New York City, well, um, based on current path trajectories, <laughs> Arthur will be stuck somewhere between the moon and New York City when all is said and done. So um, the song worked out pretty well for us, I will say. <laughs> Perfect for this situation. Then, of course, the animated series Arthur oh, is everywhere with this. Oh, yeah. So The memes have been great. Uh, shout out to everybody on Weather Twitter because you guys make even, you know, bad situations much more bearable. But you also make, you know, situations that aren't going to affect a lot of people a lot more hilarious. Yes. And we appreciate it. Yes. And I did tweet out. I don't know if you saw this or not on the official Weather Podcast Twitter page at Weather Podcast. Hey, Sharpie, it is hurricane season. <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> Let's just, you know, we're just having some fun. We're just poking fun right. at it because we can. I, well, I hope Alaska's ready because, you know, oh, they've sure they been in the line of fire multiple times. So I just hope they're on, on guard. Uh, if you guys have no idea what we're talking about in that regards, go back and listen to some of the shows from last travel season. Um, the Sharpie references into obviously President Trump, where he drew in his own cone, which. <laughs> You know, looking back now, a side was, cone, if yeah, you will. Yeah, it's a side cone, exactly. Um, based off the first, again, I, I know how politics work and I follow politics and I'm a poli- pretty political person. But when you update the president once a day and then you don't update him again for a while, he's going to go with the information that he was given, right? I mean, that's just kind of human nature. And so at the time. <laughs> That was the correct path. Obviously, it had changed. And so when he's out there drawing, you know, his cone on a map, it's like, uh, bro, this was information that's old and like five days old. Well, and here's the deal. I think that that whole situation is the definition of the phrase stay in your lane. You oh, exactly. I mean? No, totally is. Let it the totally weather is. people do the thing. Let them draw the cone. Just right. don't even worry about it. Exactly. That's and if you, you want to talk about it, fine. I, I, and I get it. As the head of, you know, the U.S. government. You know, I would hope that you understand what's happening in certain aspects of it. And again, I know you're not going to know everything that happens because that's just a lot. 
But, yeah, just stay in your lane. Now, the Alaska yeah. reference is that the National Hurricane Center had a computer glitch where it drew out a projected line that went through Florida, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Wyoming, Idaho, Washington, Canada, into Alaska. Now, granted, we know that a storm will not make that path, but it was very funny that all of a sudden, oh, look, hey, look, Alaska's in the firing line. <laughs> you know, and I bet they were all beside themselves. Oh, I'm sure they were. We don't know how to handle an Atlantic hurricane. Right. And I'm sure, you know, the state of Idaho, you know, really was interested. You know, now again, I know Oklahoma has had experience with tropical systems, so they get that, especially mm-hmm. the flooding aspect. But once you kind of get out of the south and even the, you know, the Midwest, yeah, not necessarily our thing. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't know how to handle that. All those potatoes, gone in Idaho. Right. Gone. And, you know, you guys get tornadoes and thunderstorms and occasionally some tropical moisture. Up here in the Northwest, we have volcanoes and earthquakes. Again, not something I would expect Oklahoma to, you know, be, you know, well-versed in. The earthquakes I get, yes, you guys get that occasionally. But you guys, I don't know, probably don't know how to hurt, you know, handle a, a volcano eruption or, no. you know, a severe windstorm. You get it with thunderstorms, but like a wide-scale one. So, uh, you know, to each his own, right? Yeah, and that's the beauty of being in different parts of the country is yes. experiencing different extremes. And we love the fact that we can all draw lines with Sharpies. So, Because <laughs> this is America. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for calling it America because when people say America, that drives me nuts. It's like, <laughs> right? we're not, like come on. Yeah, we're not, we don't need the apostrophe America. No, no it's America. <laughs> come on. Well, I could have been worse and said Murica. Oh. Like that's even that's the next level of awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I'll stick with America. Thank you, I appreciate that. So we have Arthur out there in the Atlantic. Uh, first, like we said, first storm. It's out and churning. Um, advisories are out on it. It's like literally just doing its thing. It's nothing to write home about. Yes, it's noteworthy because it is the first storm of the tropical season in the Atlantic. Um, obviously, the Pacific's been going for a little bit now, but not much happening there. But, Bonnie, when we bring it back stateside, you and I were really geeked out because Wednesday looked like it was going to be one of those really cool days in the plains that you guys were going to get some severe storms and storms started to fire. And then guess what? you had a gust front with a cold front associated pushing this energy and cool. You got pop-up storms, but they were garden variety. What's yeah. up with that? Yeah. In an enhanced, in an enhanced area. That was the other thing. So freaking frustrating. Like so frustrating like, for it to be enhanced. And then it just kind of not live up to the expectation. Ugh. So frustrating. And like, and I went to bed. Now, I know that when I went to bed, there was a storm that was starting to come through more that did end up going severe, but I was asleep. And so that would have been around 1130 midnight that night. So it did go severe for some wind and whatever, but I didn't even hear it. I fell asleep, done. I didn't hear anything. Um, not for several hours. Right. And then about 330 in the morning, I was woke up by what I thought was thunder, not thunder. No. Some very intense southerly winds just, I mean, ripping through the southern part of the state. Just intense, crazy winds. There was garbage all over my whole neighborhood from people's trash cans. Carport across the street was flapping in the wind. And I just was, I 
was so shocked. I was like, what is going on here? And then it ended up being that wake low that looked so impressive on radar, which I believe we have a gif or two on our We do. On our page. But that was so crazy. I didn't go to sleep uh, back to sleep till probably four forty five in the morning. So yeah. needless to say I was tired on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, rightfully so. And, you know, all of a sudden you send me a text early. I'm still up and you know, I'm just like, Oh wait, what's going on? And you're like, yo, you're like the world. I believe the text was the world is coming to an end or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like more is trying to blow away. Like that's really what I thought. And I just, yeah, and like, I'm and I'm like, hold up here, because you know, again, you and I talked, you know, extensively, extensively throughout the day, saying, you know, okay, this will be a good chance for uh, storms to come through, and we're gonna be watching them and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, you know, what's going on here? And I'm sitting there, and I'm like. Okay, I'm going back. I'm going back over our text. Hold on here. Okay, all right. Uh, we will get to the weather symbol, by the way, through MPing. <laughs> it's such a good weather symbol. Oh, it is. It is. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, Thursday morning. So Wednesday night, Thursday morning, one thirty in the morning. You send me the radar shot. And I'm just like, what in the world? You're like, the south wind from this is completely insane. I'm like, I was just about to post this. Like, sun um, going off and blah, blah, blah. You're like, the people across the street are going to lose their carport. So I tell you to get videos. Now, let's talk about you for a minute because this is why I love doing this show. One, because you're one of my closest friends. But two, you're a bigger weather geek than I am, and I am totally okay admitting this. <laughs> so, well, it's not a competition. It, but. It, it really isn't. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to say that anyways. So I sit there and I'm like, all right, Bonnie, I need you to get video of this going on. Now, I tell you to get video a lot because I want to see it, one. But two, it's great content to share with our listeners and post mm-hmm. across our myriad of socials. And so you right. send me this video of your neighbor's house. You see the carport kind of flapping in the wind. And all of a sudden, poof, they lose power and it comes back on. Now, that is good video, right? We can see the trees going. We can hear the sound of the wind blowing through the trees. So we post it on our Twitter page at Weather Podcast. Ten minutes later, we get a note from the Weather Channel. Uh, hey, can we use this video? Uh, yes, please. Right? Is that even a question? Yes, like absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for asking. But yes, we would love for you to do this. And, you know, I was like, hey, just make sure we credit Bonnie Bishop. Well, this is at, you know, let me guess. You sent the video... Uh, at one forty-four in the morning. Okay, mm-hmm. so the Weather Channel doesn't go on live with AMHQ until six a.m. Eastern, which is three a.m. Pacific, um, five a.m. Central Time. So this is roughly ninety minutes, an hour and fifteen minutes, ninety minutes until they're live. So I was like, you know what? Listen, if they want to use the video, they're going to use it off the top of the show because there's nothing else really going on. I mean, this yeah. wake low is the story this morning. Um, there's yep. some other stuff we'll get into in a minute associated with it. So, boom, sure enough, 302, boom, Twitter video for Bonnie Bishop nationally across the Weather Channel. So, I'm oh. I'm clapping. Look at you. <laughs> you are a media star. Take a bow. Hey. Do your thing. It was worth it. Totally worth it. I mean, I was on my front porch at 3.30 in the morning just wearing a robe, you know, and I'm good with it. It was good. I'm. That's what I do. That's what I live for is to go out in the weather conditions at any time to get, to get the video, to s- document it. Cause it was crazy, crazy, insane wind. I've just never, and then I get to work and people are like, 
I didn't even hear it. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I don't understand how you didn't hear it, but okay. Well, and it was like, great. The wind was crazy. It, it was crazy. And I mean, you, we looked at the tweets that we posted and we got a lot of retweets and a lot of mentions about stuff. People were like, oh, there's no more sleep tonight and more. Or, you right. know, it sounds like more is, you know, being blown away. And even Damon Lane from Coco TV was like, and apparently he lives in more. I didn't know that, but, um, yes. you know, he was just like, this is insane. High wind warning has been posted and then it rolls over into another one. But, you know, everybody's like, well, where'd this come from? So let's dive into it a little bit about what the wake low was and what had happened. Well, and I'll tell you, I need to do more research on a wake low that just like pops out of something. But all I can think is it has to do with, a storm, a complex of storms that are winding down and just their outflow coming together and turning into this crazy, you know, let's be fair. We started hurricane season. Oh, totally. totally. (laughs) So, I mean, I, I was really impressed by, by radar. That was crazy. It was perfect looking. It was like a perfect symmetrical system that just, just came out of nowhere. Really? No, it, it's totally true. And you go back and you look at it, um, and this ties back into the conversation you and I had last night about the highlight of my day, which we will get into in a minute. But um, you know, the wake low by definition is a mesoscale low pressure area which trails the mesoscale high following a squall line. So we saw that. Due to subsiding warm air associated with the system's formation, clearing skies are associated with the wake low. Once difficult to detect in surface weather ops. Due to the broad spacing, the formation of mesoscale weather station networks or mesonets has increased their detection. Severe weather in the form of high winds can be generated by the wake low when the pressure difference between the meso high preceding it and the wake low is intense enough. When the squall line is in the process of decay, heat bursts can be generated near the wake low. Once new thunderstorm activity along the squall line concludes the wake low associated weekends in tandem. So... Uh, we'll talk about the heat burst in a minute because that was kind of the other cool story about this. So basically, it's you know decaying, dying thunderstorms are creating that weird, different pressure differential, and there you go. So you get the low that's coming in, and we know the air flows from high to low. That's where uh-huh. you're going to get the wind, and you get the low that forms on the backside of the line. So that makes total sense. It's what we saw on the radar. It's what we saw, you know, with the observations on the Oklahoma Mesonet. It's you know what was there but it was cool to see and it was cool to watch the wind observations and again it wasn't a whole lot it wasn't a widespread event by any stretch of the imagination it was very much localized to you know south side of oklahoma city um even north and the east side a little bit yeah, also, exactly but not, yeah. not much yeah yes. east and south side and that was kind of it and yep. you know we saw gusts around 70 miles an hour in some locations. I want to say Tinker Air Force Base got pretty close to that, if not exceeded it. Uh, you guys mm-hmm. and more were in the 60s and 50s. And again, at you know 3.30 in the morning, it's going to get your attention. Yes, oh, 100%. And I mean, yeah, like you said, there were those peak gusts here and there that were hitting 70, 75. I really think there was an 81 in one spot. But of course, that was just like a fluke. But yes, that was one of the most impressive events that I've really ever experienced. And it was just wind. It was just a couple hours of wind, but I just, that combined with the radar image and the timing and, and everything. And that coming off of what we're calling a bust forecast, which it wasn't, there was severe weather, but it just wasn't the expectations, which is fine. But I just think that 
that was kind of like, you know, a, like a ha ha, just kidding. It is going to be an impressive event. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like just, that's, that was kind of a last hurrah or something out of that event. So right. Very just, impressive. Yeah. Just several hours later. And again, it's something that, you know, I don't think was necessarily forecasted. And again, yeah. you know, the forecast per se for that day was, you know, we're in an enhanced risk for severe thunderstorms. The tornado risk is relatively low. You know, a very yeah. slight chance of that, but it's still there. Uh, it's going to be a hail and wind event. We knew that going in. Yes. But you had these storms form and, you know, they were pushing impressive, you know, towering cumulus and there was lots of lightning and hail and wind. And then all of a sudden you got one or two storms that just kind of gave out. And once it gave out, it started advancing that gust front and that gust front expanded and it raced through the other lines of storms. You saw it really clear on the radar, and it was pretty much the end of anything that you had hoped to have severe weather that day. Yeah, and that's the deal, and that's the part that's hard to predict is what the storms that form are going right. to do, and you can't necessarily predict that you know the cold front's going to outrun them or the gust front's going to cut off another storm, you know that kind of thing. And so those are those are those variables that you don't know are going to happen until they happen. So, but to have that last hurrah with that wind event was I'm satisfied. (laughs) You know what I mean? I got my fix. I feel like. (laughs) No, totally. And again, you know, we're, you know, halfway through May, right? We're, (laughs) we're still in the very early stages of, you know, your severe weather season. But the other story that came with this, and we just talked about in in the wake low is a heat burst. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I, I made the reference on Twitter that night, you know, gosh, murder hornets, And COVID-19, you know, cool, we have a wind event, but now we're going to add this. And so if you're not, you know, familiar with what a heat burst is, and thanks to the people that responded back to us talking about it tongue-in-cheek on Twitter explaining what it was, we do appreciate that. Um, A heat burst burst is an atmospheric phenomenon from, you know, a rapid increase in temperature and a decrease in dew point. They typically uh, occur during nighttime and associated with decaying thunderstorms. So again... We're adding the pieces to the puzzle that, you know, created this this situation. Mm-hmm. So it's not fully understood. It's theorized the event is caused when rain evaporates into a parcel of cold, dry air high in the atmosphere, making the air denser than its surroundings. The parcel descends rapidly because of compression, warming due to compression, overshoots mm-hmm. at the equilibrium level and reaches a surface that's similar to a downburst, but with no moisture. It's just dry air that's smashing into the earth. And when you start to compress dry air, it rapidly heats up. Yep. Hence the name heat burst. So, you know, recorded temperatures uh, in heat bursts have reached uh, well above 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Sometimes, you know, increasing anywhere 18 degrees or more within a few minutes. More extreme events have also been documented. Temperatures can exceed 122. However, such extreme events have never officially been verified. Heat bursts are also characterized by extremely dry air and are sometimes associated with very strong damaging winds. Again, piece of the puzzle to what we saw Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Now, there was one or two uh, mesonet stations that recorded a rapid warming. Yes. One of them went from, I think, 63 to 81 in 90 minutes. Wow. Which, okay, 14 degrees. At night. At night. At night. Yeah, no sun hitting. And again, this, you know, kind of goes back to things that, you know, kind of baffle your mind. Like, okay, you know, basic meteorology, you cool down at night, no sun support, 
Yeah, there's still some warm air. It can be transferred by south winds or whatever. But to have a 14-degree rise in a very short amount of time doesn't make a lot of sense. But right. when we go back and look at the numbers, you're at 63 degrees with like 80% humidity. Okay, You're not going to be able to warm that much more because you're already pretty saturated in the atmosphere, right? Yes. Well, all of a sudden, boom, you get one of these decaying thunderstorms. You're starting to mix in a lot of dry air. And again, we just talked about what happens with a wake low. You start to get these parcels of dry air that are coming in quickly to fill the void where you had the much more humid atmosphere. Well, fast forward, you're now at 81 degrees and 20% humidity. So you basically stripped out most available moisture in the atmosphere. Your air is compressing. It's like wringing out that, you know, towel or that washcloth. And all of a sudden, boom, temperature spikes. That's pretty so awesome. Crazy, it is crazy. Right? But that's it's awesome crazy. to me. I agree. I agree. It's one of those, like it said, rare phenomenons that yep. happen and aren't fully understood. And, you know, we've had those happen from time to time. You know, we'll go seasons without one at all. And then we'll have one where we have multiple in one evening. Like I think that night, like you said, we had two, maybe three spots around the state that, that had a pretty good heat burst. And so that just shows you the, first of all, that thunderstorms and everything are still not fully understood because right. we don't know when a storm's going to produce a heat burst or a wake low or something like that. And, and it also shows you just the power of nature and that nature deserves to be respected. Right. If you hop on uh, Wikipedia and just type in heat burst, they lay out a, a pretty impressive uh, a rundown of, of documented cases. So, you know, we can pop um, them. I'll do the two that just kind of pop into mind here for the state of Oklahoma, since this is what we're kind of talking about. Uh, July 6, 7, 2016. So r- relatively, you know, three and a half, almost four years ago, the okay. temperature rose from 80 degrees just before 11 p.m. to 105.8 at 1215. So in the span of an hour and 15 minutes, it jumped you know, 25 degrees. Okay. Where was that? Was that in southwestern Oklahoma? That was down in Hobart. Yeah. Okay. So, and so like, okay, so there's there's a good example. Now they have other stuff where they talk about Indianapolis, Indiana, or Emporia, Kansas. But let's talk about May 22, May 23, 1996. So, you know, a significant amount of time ago. But the temperature in the town of, towns of Chickasha, which I love the fact that it's not even remotely spelled like it, like it should, but... <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's close enough. It needs it, a Y on the end. And it yeah, it does. I mean, it's like Arkansas. Like nobody sees it. They see Arkansas, not Arkansas, yeah. but whatever. I digress. <laughs> so the temperature in the towns of Chickasha went from 87.6 to 101.9 in 25 minutes. That's a rapid. Wow. That's a rapid compression. While the temperature at Ninacaw, again, another great town name, went from 87.9 to 101.4 in 40 minutes. Wow. In addition, wind damage was reported as wind gusts to 95 in Lawton, 67 in Ninaka, 63 in Chickasha. Wow. So, again, we talked about the winds. We talked about the rapid compression. So that's what the heat burst does. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, what we had on, you know, Wednesday night, Thursday morning was a wake low with heat bursts, decaying thunderstorms. Um, as a weather geek, I looked at this and was like, man, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. Right. Hands down. I 100% agree. And it wasn't even, it was storm related, but none of it 
was it wasn't storming when all of right. this was happening. You know, this was after the fact. This was the ending of thunderstorms that were that's even more notable than the storms themselves, you know, so that's just crazy to me. But I completely agree that that was the craziest, most awesome, interesting thing I've ever experienced, honestly. And I live in Moore. I live in Oklahoma. I've lived in Oklahoma my whole life. And that event was up there in my list of top events I've experienced. Right. Um, it's interesting that, you know, you go through it. Like, And if you really want to look at some of these cases, please do just go to the Wikipedia, Wikipedia page and just type in heat bursts. And look at some of these different ones because, I mean, I'm going through here and I won't share them on, on the show. But, man, there's some really cool stuff in there about, you know, quick temperature drops, quick increases or decreases in humidity and winds ramping up. Um, pretty epic. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. And, again, most of this occurs at night where, you know, it's mm-hmm. the exact opposite of what we would think weather-wise. Again, no sun support, no real atmospheric heating support. Um, it's just compressing air. And it's cool to see. So, that's well, you legit. know, normally you expect after a thunderstorm, most of the time, for things to have cooled off. Right. Because a lot of storms are sparked by a, a cold front. And, you know, after a storm moves through, it's, it's the air feels nice, crisp and cool and refreshing, you know. So to have these random weird events where it's the complete and total opposite, where it's still destructive and temperatures going up near 20 degrees in 25 minutes. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Then, you know, it's... It, just craziness honestly it is and again we've talked about on the show and you read about it in meteorology books or any science discussion you know for the most part yeah you're going to go through and like you're going to feel a cold front come through and we've talked about it gosh on the show a lot you know you see those those great classic cold fronts punching through you know your neck of the woods and the temperature can go from say 65 to 35 in two hours Right. Yeah. You know, we see Mm -hmm. it in Denver. We've seen it in Oklahoma City. We see it across the plains. And of course, you know, as you get up toward Montana and then, you know, as you move east around the Great Lakes, it happens a lot. I don't necessarily see the temperature change here in the Pacific Northwest because it's pretty rare that we get a true Arctic outbreak. But again, it's the exact opposite of what we would think with principles. Yes. Okay. Decaying thunderstorms, cold front temperature you know, drops, the humidity is still kind of there, but it's still refreshing, right? Most of the rain has evaporated and it's wrung out the, the proverbial washcloth. Yes. Well, this is really washing out the washcloth where, I mean, it's taken pretty much all of the humidity in there and wiped it out. And now you're just compressing the air. So I'm sure the temperature feels nice with the no humidity. But again, it's the exact opposite of what we would think logically when it comes to what would happen with a cold front. So... Right. Well, and then especially to go a few miles in any direction and it not be that temperature at all. It'd be cooler like you would expect, not 104 degrees. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was places, you know, when you pop up to 104, that probably sitting at, you know, 65 or 70 still. And you're like, hold up here. How? What? What? Why? Yeah. And I just wish that my weather station had been put up in time for that. And and it's not up yet. It's still in the works. We're going to do it. Don't worry. (laughs) I I know you will eventually get the weather station put up. um, But, hey, that's why you have a handheld anemometer, right? Yeah. You have another option. So, but, man, just talk about something that was so cool to see. I was insanely jealous. I was, you know, bummed that we don't kind of get that here in the Northwest. Just another cool thing that you guys get in the central part of the U.S. Well, and don't be too jealous because – 
these are flukes and this is not a regular occurrence. So who knows when we'll have another one like this. I say that now we'll probably have another one this season just because, but cause it's 2020, but um, yeah, no, that was so exciting and so awesome. And you know, we put a, we tweeted a bunch of stuff about it, a lot of yeah. pictures, gifts, videos. So please go look at those so you can see what we're talking about. Yep. Now, yeah, and if you don't follow us on Twitter, we're at Weather Podcast. Um, also at Weather Podcast on Instagram, and then you can follow us on Facebook at B Squared Weather. But Bonnie, just ah, uh, I am jealous because yeah, it may be a fluke, but it's a fluke that you get to experience. That chances are, I probably won't. Well. Maybe you will one day, yeah, just because see. you said that. <laughs> yeah, you know, knock on wood, right? I did get to see yeah. a tornado. I did get to call on a warning. That was pretty cool, and I wasn't out actively chasing. So I will take see, that, too. Flukes happen all over the place. They do. Um, I would really love for you, though, to be out here on the Oregon coast when we have a Pacific Coast windstorm come through. You know, it's that classic comma-shaped pinwheel action, low pressure that looks great on the satellite and, you know, winds along our beaches are gusting to 70. They're sustained 65, can gust, you know, 70s, 80s, sometimes 90s. Pretty legit. Not going to lie. That stuff is a lot of fun. Wow, that sounds really intense. Well, next time that happens, I'm going to need video. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll make sure it happens. But, man, uh, it's it's one of those cool things that we – we get occasionally, we're kind of due for a big regional windstorm. We talk about it every year. Will this be the year that we get the next big one? We haven't really had one since 1996. So, uh, oh, wow. you know, we so are it could due. happen at any moment. <laughs> it could, and we are due. So hopefully either, you know, October, November, December, January, somewhere in there, we, uh, we get a nice classic Pacific windstorm. Fingers crossed for you. Right. Well, fingers crossed that you continue your active chase season. Um, I haven't looked at the SPC outlook for the next couple of days. Uh, yeah. Well, that tells me all I need to know. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like from now until Saturday, clear skies, mid to upper 80s. Like we'll hit 89 by the end of the week, which is great. Storm chances are returning Saturday. And that's right now 30%. Severe mm-hmm. weather, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, that will definitely change as we get closer. But, yeah, right now it's not an enchilada for the next five days. That's fine. But atmosphere is just priming itself, right? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's probably what's happening. Try, trying to stay positive. Yes. You will make it happen. That's right. I will will it into existence. Yes, you will. We will get classic Supercell thunderstorms. We will get rotating. That's all we want. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We want to see Jim in the chopper. And something that's not just a hail event. I feel like that's been all of our severe weather. Right. That's been the last several weeks has been a hail thing. Yeah. That's been the 2020 story so far is the hail reports. Hail reports are up. Uh, Tornado reports are above average for the most part. I haven't seen it in the last week. So I don't know if it's dropped down uh, to the average line. But, you know, it's is there. Hail has been the big story. So crazy. So crazy. Well, hey, you know, now that we're back, now that we are back for, uh, you know, sports and everybody's starting to kind of reopen, maybe the atmosphere will reopen to its normal self. (laughs) Right. Maybe it's just been in quarantine for a while and now it's going (laughs) to get back at it. (laughs) Right. Um, I would like at some point, once we get past COVID-19, to go back and look at some of the atmospherics. I know that we have talked a little bit about the lack of data being available with commercial flights being limited. Yes. And, you know, there have been some atmospheric 
gosh, conditions that are either returning to a normal or have not been seen for a long time, either with air pollution or whatever. But I would like to go back in and look in and see if this, you know, time of quarantine has changed any atmospheric dynamics. A lot of people that I've seen have said, you know, well, what does this prove or does not prove with global warming? Well, you know, you look at the amount of um, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. There has not been yet. And again, I don't know if it will or not, but there's not been any definitive change in the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. So I'm like, eh, that's interesting. I don't know what it means. I'm not going to hypothesize. That's not my area of strength. Um, I tend to stay in the now casting world, which is what I look right. at. But uh, that's something that, you know, people will look at and I'm sure they'll dive into, you know, doing all the research with that. So but that would be something to, you know, interesting to discuss once that time comes. But um, definitely, you know, but I, I will say and I don't want to step outside of my lane. Speaking of staying in our lane, because I'm definitely not a researcher and stuff. But I just think that to determine if this time of quarantine and less activity as far as cars and planes and everything is making a difference. I don't think that a few months of that is enough to prove, you know what I mean? Like sure. I feel like it'd have to be a consistent long period of oh, time, that kind of thing, but definitely something to see if the numbers changed at all. And then maybe, you know, and go from there in some sort of experiment or whatever. You right. Know? And I know, and I know that there have been reports out there and I know that you've seen them cause we've talked about them off air, you know, reports of better air quality. You and I are both mm-hmm. totally in favor of that. We want the cleanest air available and we again we understand that there are some things that do pollute you know air travel air travel is one thing a lot of cars on the road are one thing especially things that you know might not have the cleanest burning engines and again the technology's out there that we can reduce the amount of crap we put in the atmosphere there's no doubt about that and you and I are both in favor of that For with sure. that said you know again you're right i think maybe 2 months 3 months 4 months might be a very minute you know, area to study to see long term if there are any changes. But again, I think it's worth investigating regardless. Oh, for sure. I definitely agree. But yeah, when it's something on a global scale, you need something longer than a few months to determine anything definitive. And it might be something which I don't know how this would get coordinated, but it might be something where you go a period of quarantine like this for a year and then come out of it for a year and then go into it for two years. And that you know what I mean? And see how it changes over time, you know what I'm saying? But like I said, coordinating that with a globe of people, it wouldn't work. But I feel like that's the kind of thing you would need to see if it does have long-term effects in the positive or negative, you know? Right. And I'm sure that, you know, somebody, some researcher could come up with a model. And again, uh, yeah. I don't know about you. I listen, you and I, we live by weather models, right? This is what we rely yes. on for a lot of stuff. If I ever, if I never have to hear the term model again, in terms of modeling a pandemic or modeling something, I would actually be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, like we've talked about before, I did not know that you could model a pandemic. Yeah. Neither like did, I, yeah. I mean, and I don't even know how you'd begin to do that. Right. It, I mean, listen, and everything, everything is statistical, right? Everything has a number yeah. associated with it. So you can therefore make a model for pretty much anything. I want to go back to the days of joking about the blonde, the brunette and the redhead. Those are my three favorite weather models. I was okay with just those. Okay. I don't we'll get need, back to those models. <laughs> I hope so. I don't need a death model. I don't need a pandemic model. I don't right. need an atmospheric change model. What would happen if we, you know, could do going into quarantine? I'm just saying that 
Yes, I understand in the world of social media and the world of everybody being more connected, we have seen the buffalo return to the beaches wherever that was. And that was cool to see because usually they stay higher up in the hills or whatever. And yes, Mm -hmm. I understand for the first time people in Nepal have been able to see a mountain or India wherever it was. That I understand. Yes, the atmosphere is very good at cleaning itself out do we do a crappy job or a shitty job of helping that process yeah probably but with that said it's been still cool to see now 100 if we can make that work i'm all for it if we can make it stick i'm all for it what i don't want to do though is you know basically sacrifice you know some things that we have to do in order to have that accomplish like air travel is essential. There's no doubt about it. People have to move. People have to connect with other people. Has it been great doing Zoom calls every day? Absolutely. But I'm sorry, I'd much rather see somebody face to face. And if that means well, I got to take a jet plane. Where, that's just where coming up with a new sure. form of fuel, you know, cleaner right. fuel. Absolutely. That's that would be the change. So, Absolutely. but that's way out of my wheelhouse <laughs> yes because you know after bonnie gets her degree in emergency management she's going to become a biochemist and right you know, and learn about fuel exactly <laughs> and then she's going to create the next epic biofuel which right you know we need a real tony stark that's what we need oh, totally you know what the, you know what really though the answer is nuclear power <laughs> i say that tongue-in-cheek i say that tongue-in-cheek <laughs> I mean, I, you know, you know, it it, it it does work in some places. Okay, just saying, and they have very clean air. Just saying, but maybe Again, maybe a lane. little bit, maybe a little <laughs> bit less dinosaur juice, maybe a little bit more natural gas slash nuclear power would not hurt. Just <laughs> I like dinosaur juice. That's I do nice. too. I do too. Um, and Lord knows we consume enough of of it as it is, but. Again, Perfect. that's the science that we have, right? Yep. You know, 300 years ago or whenever we decide, you know, you know, discovered that we could and again, it's not 300 years ago. It's probably, you know, the last less than 150 years uh since the automobile's been around that we understand that cars can run on gasoline. Okay. At the time, that was a major scientific discovery. Look, we can power an engine with something we have here. Cool. Did we know what its effects would be? Nope. Did we care? Nope. But that's yeah. just that's just what happens. So, you know, we had the technology to create it. Let's use technology to find a better alternative. And I'm all for exactly. that. Yep, exactly. That's what you're supposed to do with technology and science is keep moving forward and making improvements. And at the time that gasoline and oil was found to be a good fuel source, that was a step forward at that yep. time. And now it's time to take another step. Yep, I'm ready to drive a car powered on water and or banana peels. Right. Yes, or, you know, something. I mean, either that or we're going to end up going backwards to Flintstone method where we're just running our little feet. (laughs) Mine would have lots of calluses. Right. Which we've all had that car. You remember that Fisher Price car? Oh, yeah. Oh, we totally did. We totally did. Which is great. But we also had shoes on. But with that said, that car weighed, what, you know, less than five pounds? So stopping it with your feet wasn't an issue. If you're going to give me a car with two giant, you know, rock rollers, um, I'm just going to let you know I'm going to need a little bit more distancing than five feet to stop that thing. Right. Right. And something better than your flip flops or your regular sneakers to like 
hit the brakes with. Exactly, because that's not going to work well. And if that's the case, my feet are going to get run over. And yeah, not good. Did you ever get stuck in that Fisher Price car? Oh, yeah. Everybody does. It's a rite of passage. And you're like kind of terrified that you're going to like die in there and you're trying to get out the window. Right. And and unfortunately, it's always the last time that you're in it. Yes. Yes. Like you're like, okay, well, this is how I know I'm now too big for this car because I can't get out of it. Yep. We got to move on. (laughs) Hand it down to the brother, sister or the the neighborhood kid around the corner. And mom and dad, give me a real car. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I know I know I'm four, but it's time that I, you know, give my own my own car. I'm going to need a cell phone too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And a bank account. Thank you. Oh my gosh. By the way, okay. Side question here. How young is too young to have a cell phone? I don't know. Nowadays, like two, I don't know. They need to be driving before they need a phone just because they need a phone. Right. Because if something happens, you need to be able to reach somebody. But other than that, no, you don't need to have a Snapchat and be texting and snapping in school and doing inappropriate stuff. Like I just, mm. I'm glad I didn't have a phone growing up, really. I had one, but like, it was in the time of limited minutes, limited texts. Oh, yeah. So I was never texting. I was barely calling anybody. I just carried it and didn't ever do anything with it. <laughs> well, since we've gone down this rabbit hole, I will share a story with you. Yes. It's story time here on B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. So <laughs> I've had the same cell phone number since I got a phone through Nextel. Okay. Wow. So this was in 1999, 2000. Now, again, so I've had the same number for 20 years. I had a previous cell phone number on another carrier when I was in college in 99 and then early 2000 before I switched over. Actually, I have to take that back. Was it a Nextel number? It was a Nextel number that I got. I digress. Anyway, it does not matter. But I had a cell phone in college. It was the first phone I had. I had a pager in high school, which nobody ever cared i had one my senior year oh cool whatever i then got a motorola two-way pager because when i worked in radio part of my job was working for the hip-hop station all the hip-hop artists had one so i wanted one so i got one that was cool (laughs) the one app i downloaded which threw my coverage in minutes way over was the hurricane app because it downloaded all the data so Yeah. yeah that was my bad my first pager bill was i think 160 bucks my parents were not happy (laughs) <laughs> I did pay it, but it's fine. So anyways, fast forward, I get a Nextel phone with a direct connect. I used it for work, uh, both at radio and the other job I worked for. So it was cool. Well, then I went through Nextel and upgraded phone, eventually went to AT&T, kept the name, same number. Okay. Now, the last time that I upgraded my plan with AT&T, and you'll laugh at this, was 2008. Okay. Wow. I think by what 2012 everybody had gone to pretty close unlimited everything for one price and of course that price has significantly dropped down well early this year I got dinged for the first time for talking on my phone with too many minutes (gasps) okay by three minutes and I had it roll over so I mean I was talking on the phone a lot so I get dinged with this it's a $50 surcharge Wow. And so I call AT&T and be like, hey, I've been a very loyal customer. What can you do for me? And the lady's like, "Uh, Mr. Courser, your account is so old that I literally have to take everything off piece by piece to rebuild a new plan for you. 
She goes, I cannot tell you the last time I actually had somebody call me and tell me they had an overage on minutes. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I didn't think that was a thing anymore. That's it's amazing. not. It's not, Bonnie. That's the problem. So <laughs> my plan at the time was unlimited data, unlimited texts, and minute restrictions. Because I'm like, I'll be texting. I need the data. Okay, fine. I have an iPhone, whatever. She goes, you literally have three plans in one. So she goes, let's do this. Let's completely erase everything here and we'll start fresh. <laughs> and I'm just like, she goes, I, I, she goes, honestly, I'm just, I'm astounded that this actually is still in existence. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Right? That's like historical right there. It is. It is. And she goes, I don't know how many more people have this, but it's been an honor to talk to you today because you are the first person I've ever met in the like 10 years I've been working here that has had a minute restriction rollover. And I was like, oh, well, thanks, I, I guess. <laughs> You're like, glad I could make your day. Yeah, like- <laughs> glad I could make your day. But she was super friendly, got the chain, the plan changed over, and now everything's taken care of. So I have limited everything, and I'm happy with it. But, <laughs> yeah, it was just one of those things. Well, it's kind of one of those things that, like, you've never really had to deal with it over right? all these years, so you've just not thought about it, and then and then also thought about it because you got a fifty dollars charge for yeah. three minutes. And I was just like, no. And of course, I look at my bill, and the bill literally cycle was like less than a halfway through. And I was like, wow. this ain't gonna work. <laughs> no. <laughs> but hey, you live and you learn, right? That is exciting, though. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. All right. Well, speaking of exciting, I know that you guys said you don't have a whole lot of weather, severe weather chances coming up, but what do you guys have forecast-wise? Um, pretty nice week coming up. Uh, clear, maybe little stray clouds here and there. Um, highs in the mid to upper 80s. Um, upper 80s by the end of the week. Um, Saturday's our next chance of precip slash severe weather. And right now it's at a 30% chance. And of course... That's more Memorial Day weekend, so of course that's when the severe weather comes back. That's classic Oklahoma. I have a float trip planned for next Saturday, and I might not happen. Where are you going floating? Um, I don't know, some river. Okay. With some friends, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've actually never floated before, so Ooh. just yeah, just in a lazy river at a theme park, but I've never floated <laughs> in a real river. <laughs> okay, we'll just make smart choices. Take a life jacket, please. Yes, life jacket, beer, sunscreen, the a- essentials. Absolutely, and it's even better if you can find one of those floating coolers that use the cold yes. the cold water to cool said beverages, so you don't have to waste ice. Just a thought. Yes. And one of those like little waterproof boxes that you put in the cooler where you put like your yes. keys and yes. your phone and stuff. Yep, I have yeah. those. The um, I have the uh, Pelican case. When I do the houseboat parties, when I DJ, I leave my cell phone and my keys in that just in case. Yeah, and that's you, always good because you would hate to damage your $1,000 you know, cell phone with your minute restrictions on it. Yeah, well, I no longer have the minute restrictions. <laughs> yes, I do have an older phone. I will be getting a new one here in the not-too-distant future, but... <laughs> See, yeah. you're just upgrading all over the place. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. One thing I will not be upgrading is co-host on this show. So <laughs> that's sweet. <laughs> there you go. Um, out here in Portland, we actually have a very slight chance of thunderstorms to develop in the Willamette Valley. Um, these thunderstorms will also have potential to produce small hail and gusty winds. Now, when we say small hail, less than pea size. That, oh, what size is less than pea size? <laughs> well, like BB size. <laughs> Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, Slight chance of lightning, you know, if you're getting an active thunderstorm, cool, gusty winds. 
Um, we have two robust lows that are interacting with each other, a large vertically stacked low out on the Oregon, California coast. It's pushing east today, causing the increase in the differential flow aloft as well as cellular winds throughout the atmospheric column, blah, 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 blah. Lapse rates are pretty legit. Cape values are pretty weak, but it's not, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot here. So, yeah. but there's a lot of really good discussions. Um, I don't know who wrote our previous discussion, but it uh, might have been Colby. He went a little w- really in-depth with it, which is nice. Um, the Cretan shower threat continues Monday and Tuesday. Upper low passes to the south, and elongated upper trough moves east of the region. Temperatures today and Monday only slightly cooler. Low-level onshore flow returns Tuesday. Temperatures to cool a little bit more, so we're going to get more showers. Not a whole lot's happening. It's kind of boring. Um, if we do get thunderstorms today, I will be... Extremely excited, even though I'll be stuck in a warehouse, but I'll be checking my phone often. Don't tell my bosses. Um, <laughs> it's okay, though, because we need to know if there's lightning in the area because that will uh, stop some of our uh, incoming loads. Anyways, temperatures, like I said, uh, transition from the mid-60s today, and then we'll be down towards 60 uh, by the time we roll into Thursday and Friday. Just not a whole lot. We might start to cool out or um, calm out or cool down or whatever you want to say. Uh, how about we stop that and not cool down and calm out? And how about we actually increase our temperatures? We ramp back up towards 70 by the weekend next weekend. But um, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm <laughs> Unfortunately, we're in those things where it's just like showers every day. But that's pretty much May for us out here on, uh, on the Pacific Coast. Well, I don't like this dull week in May. That seems like a we- a waste of a week, a right. May week. So hopefully things change. But it looks like for now, all eyes will be on Arthur for the next couple of days. Yep. And once he uh, goes out to sea, which he is you know, quickly progressing out that way, uh, it will be very interesting to uh, see what happens on the tail. So next week, we'll talk more hurricanes. We'll go over the list of names again. But uh, Arthur, first, welcome, my friend. Uh, you are between the moon and New York City. And uh, <laughs> glad to have you. Yeah, yeah. Welcome uh, to the United States. Yes. Thank you for uh, joining our party. <laughs> Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Right. Unlike the last major hurricane, which stalled off the Florida coast and did nothing. Oh, my God. For like days. <laughs> oh, all the days. <laughs> for you so know. many days. I never, I felt like I watched the Weather Channel during Dorian for like three weeks straight and he just didn't move. But it wasn't that long, but it just felt like it was. Oh, long. it totally did. It totally did. And again, sorry, I shouldn't be yawning, but, um, you know. It's just, Afternoon nap time on a Sunday. I wish you know, I had. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm about to head to work on a Sunday, so. Oh, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> I'm jealous. I only get a nap one day a week, and that's on Sundays. <laughs> well, good. You go enjoy your nap on Sundays. I will be going to work because I'm essential, and I need to process lots of packages for people. Well, I don't know what we would do if we didn't have you sending us our toilet paper and stuff. <laughs> and other things. We won't go into what other things are, but <laughs> other essential objects that uh-huh. people order. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we look we look at things and we're like, this is not essential. <laughs> <laughs> this is well, not a live or die item, but well, whatever. Well, maybe it is for Karen, but you know. Uh, gross. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Good Lord. All right. Another fantastic edition of Me Squared, your <laughs> weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon, losing my mind. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.